This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, so we're going to, we're going to, a uh, mission that we're going to, we're going to, we're going to talk about a mission in Perkyavos. It's actually, there, there are, there are six prokim, but actually they all begin with, Kol Yisrael Yeshlem Chelagolam Haba. Every Jew has a Chelagolam Haba. Shenamah, because it says in the Pasuk, the Amech Kulam Tzadikim, all of Klai Yisrael Tzadikim, the Oilam Yeshu Aretz. And they will inherit the land forever. I guess that's the Ayulam Haba. They're a branch of my planting. Each person is a branch of Hashem's planting. Right? And you plant and then things grow. They're my handiwork. They're the work of my hands. And in which I take, which I take pride. Okay? So it's a very nice, very nice, before every parak we say this. We're going to try to explain tonight what that means. Everybody has a chelikulam haba. But before that, whoever has someone that they know that's not well, so there's a very big school of, everybody likes school of, um, and that if you learn Talmud Devorah, if you learn Talmud Devorah every day a little bit, uh, it'll heal any disease. And it's brought down in many different forms that, yeah, if someone's sick, they should learn Talmud Devorah. So we're going to start learning Talmud Devorah um, a little bit. And you can have in mind, if you know someone that needs Rufu Shalema, you can have in mind um, that the Shabbat Shalema. Very, very holy safer. So, first parak in Talmud Devorah says the following. Person should strive to be like Hashem. So, his main point here is the following. If you're, if you Somehow there's a comparison in your physical state, but not with what you do in life, with what you do. So the picture of who you are, right, the tzura, um, is, is ugly. Why? Tzura noah, you have a beautiful body, a beautiful physical body. But your deeds are ugly. So what he's saying, it doesn't mean you have a beautiful body, that you're a beautiful person, like 1 to 10, you're a 10. That's not what it means. It means that your tzura, you come into this world, you have such unbelievable potential. Every part of your body, your legs can take you to your sheet to learn, your arms, whatever you can do, mitzvahs, your eyes. Every every part of a, human, a person's body is really there to do mitzvahs. So when you go to sleep at night, you're supposed to say, I'm sleeping, Hashem, I'm going to sleep tonight, so that I have energy tomorrow to serve you. Not I'm going to sleep tonight because I'm tired. I'm not going to sleep tonight because I have nothing else to do. I'm bored. I'm going to sleep tonight because my body needs to rest so that I could get up in the morning and do what I'm supposed to do for you, Hashem. So everything that a person does and every part of a person's body is created, is very beautiful if it does the work it's supposed to. But if it's maizim, if it's maizim ka'urim, if he's doing ugly things and he's using his eyes to look at things he shouldn't, and he's listening to things he shouldn't, and he's talking about things he shouldn't, right? He's using his hands to things he shouldn't, his feet to things he shouldn't, he's eating foods that he shouldn't, right? So he's using all these things for the wrong reasons. So, uh, yeah, it's like a beautiful car with a broken engine. Shari Ikah Tselem, the Ikah of the Tselem, the shadow, the Tselem of a person, but the Musa El Yain, Hain by the way, in Kabbalah, we learned that in Shemayim, there's a replica of you. There's a replica of you in Shemayim, whatever that means. So, like, whatever you do down here affects the person up there. It's like, Mamash, a replica. 
So he says, what's the, what's the, rep, what's the, the demus, what's the form of a human being? In Shemayim Hempulasov, it's what you do. It's what you do. Okay, so his first one, his first, um, parak of the 13 attributes, right, is the following. A person should be compared to Hashem. We just said, your uh, actions are what creates you in the next world. If you make the picture of you in the other world dirty, ugly, right? So they say, It's like someone davens and they're, and when you, when you say the words, the mouth that says the words creates the angel. So when you dive in, right, you're standing in the morning before you go to work, and you have a little sitter out there, and you dive into Hashem, and you're thinking about, I don't know, something that has nothing to do with davening, right? Um, you're thinking about what, what's, what's going to happen at work today. Like, you're going to make that person work a little harder that's under you that's not working. So you're davening, but you're thinking about that. So when the mala comes to Shemayim and... Right, we'll call her Miriam. Miriam's malach comes to Shemayim. This big, beautiful malach. They put him in front of Hashem. This is a good malach. And the malach opens his mouth instead of saying Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekim Hashem Echad. It says what your machshava were. It's like I'm going to tell her where it's at. And the malach like, huh? I'm going to tell her where it's at. So the dibur creates the malach. The machshava creates what comes out of the malach's mouth. That's pretty scary. Pretty scary if you don't have kavana, right? What is going to help him create this beautiful picture in Shemayim, right? Um, so, there are 13 attributes to copy Hashem. I have to tell you, this very, um, came to my attention that there's someone making fun of me. In a big way. And that's very embarrassing. Someone says bad stuff about you. And you could get angry when you find that out, and you could be upset. And the the, the Toma Devora works on your midos. You finish thirteen attributes of Devora, you Mitzvah. We will learn it. You will be a different person. So he says the following. It's so scary, but it's such a it's such a game changer. So he says that people in life there's no, there's no yechta. There's no person who didn't sin, and eat. You're not going to like what I'm about to say, but even if you didn't sin in this life, you're doing tshuva for things you did in the other Gilgal. I mean, well, it's not fair, Rad. It's not fair. You left the Gilgal without, without being mazak in it. You didn't fix it. So you came to the next world, right? And they judged you. Everyone that's in this room, including me, and everyone that's in this world, they judged you. And they said... We got to clean up the mess that you did. So, we're going to have to send you to Gehenim. You don't want to go to Gehenim. So most, most, most of the showmen say, okay, let's go. Let's clean it up. Let's go to the cleaners. Let's get it done. And it says like, when there are like a thousand parsois from Gehenim, it's so hot, it's so whatever hot. It's not hot, the heat that we understand. And they're like, no, 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 go back to Besden. And they're like, no, send me down to the world. I want to fix it in the, in the world. Not everyone gets that chance. So we, all of us weren't too bad, but we'd be there. We weren't too good, we'd be in Ghanai then. So we're like Bain and him. We're all in the same boat. 
That's why we have to come back. It's not easy to come back. You don't remember being nine months in your mother's womb. Trust me. It's not easy. It's not comfortable. And it's not easy leaving either. So, so we're all back. And it's a Gilgal. And if you come back in Gilgal, you've got to fix what happened last time. Because you didn't fix it last time. And if you want to know why you're back, Seifel Gugulim, which I spent a lot of time learning, the thing that you're struggling with the most. That's why you're back. That's the pagaming in the Shama. And Shama that comes back to the world, there's a pagam. There's, there's something wrong. There's something missing. There's something bothering you, right? So if it sneers, then last time that was your problem. And if it's, I like to talk Lashon Hara, then last time that's your problem. You're cheap. We have temper, that was last time you put. If that's the hardest one of them all, and then you had some other stuff that you had to fix, but they weren't, you, they weren't like major problems, right? So, depends what, what you're struggling with. That's, that's what the Zara says. That's your major, major problem. So we're here to fix some old stuff. You're like, well, it's not fair. I didn't do anything wrong, but it's you. It's not the same physical person, but it, there's DNA in your neshama that you need to fix. You know, everyone's like, a lot, of people, a lot of girls have asked me, even boys have asked me, like, so the Mashiach comes and this Tchias HaMesim, um, which body am I coming back in? Because, like, I'm not really happy with my body right now, but maybe last time I was prettier, so can I come back as last time or maybe three times ago? And one second, all five times I got married, which husband do I get? It's like major problems. Like, which guy am I married to? Or who am I coming back? What about my kids? They don't know five, 500 years ago their mother. Like, it's like really messed up. And the answer is, you don't understand what Gilgal is. You, everyone here, everyone that's watching, everyone that's in this world, you've never been here before. And you will never be here again. But you're carrying in your soul part of a soul that needs to be fixed. And when you fix that, that part of your soul is out of here. So we see that by, by Pinchas. Pinchas was a Gilgal of Aaron's two children, Nadav Avihu. Nadav Avihu did not have children because they felt they could, should not get married because they were Kohanim on a very high level and they never wanted to be with their wife. They never wanted to be Tomei. So they decided they're not, they're not getting married. Now that's an Avera for a man, because a man has a mitzvah puruvu. So that, there's many, there's many different, many different things why they died. They died because they passed on halach in front of Moshe Abedinu. They died because they drank, they drank um, wine before they went into the Migdash. But one of the reasons they passed on halach in front, one of the reasons is they didn't get married on purpose. So, it's brought down in the Sefer Gugulim, it's brought down in the Zayar, it's brought down in many different Sfarim, that they couldn't find, they were big tzaddikim, they were bigger than Moshe and Aaron. They were bigger than Moshe and Aaron. They couldn't find, in the Shemayim rest. They, they couldn't go to Gan Eden. They, they, they did something wrong. So, they came back as Pinchas ben Allah ben Aaron Akayin. As Pinchas. Now, it's very fascinating. Sefer Google is very fascinating. You shouldn't be learning it. You're all too young. But it's very fascinating. So, they came back as Pinchas. Now, how could they come back as Pinchas? They're two souls. Pinchas is one. How does, how does Nadav and Aviyu come back as Pinchas? And the answer is that a person without a wife is only half a soul. So these two, Nadav and Aviyu, together were one soul. 
unmarried, you only half a soul. So they came back as Pinchas Ben Elizabeth and Aaron Akayan. Now, what was what was their real main avera? Was they did a chilul Hashem? Why? The Torah, the reason the Torah gives that they were killed live, fire came out of Shemayim and burnt them both, their insides totally out. They both died in front of Aaron, the Yidom Aaron, right? What was their main Avera? Is they brought in H. Zora al Hamazbeach. They, Moshe Abenu said, you put the, the fire's gonna come from Shemayim, and that's what's gonna start the first fire in the Mishkan. And they were waiting, and it didn't come. And therefore, they decided, maybe because they drank wine, I don't know why they decided, they decided, why wait for Hashem? We'll light the fire. Now, that's a bichil Hashem, because you're, you're sort of saying, you're, you can't do it, God, we'll do it for you. It's a bichil Hashem. So they died. Fire came out, Hashem said, you're going to light the fire? Killed them both. Now, what do you, how do you fix the chil Hashem? You can't fix the chil Hashem. Once you did it, you did it. So, what did Pinchas do when, you know the whole story, right? When the, when the Moabim and the Moavis came down, so you had Kuzbi's Batsur, right? And the, and the, the Nasi of, of Shevet Shimon, and they were doing something really bad in front of the whole Israel. and Moshe and Aaron got stuck, he didn't know what to do, and Pinchas, he took a sword, he took a, a javelin, he took a spear, and he killed the two of them, and he made a Kiddush Hashem, and the, the plague that stopped, and Hashem said, because you made this kid Hashem, Brisi Shalom, I'm giving you a, a bris of Shalom, and Pinchas wasn't a Kayin, and Hashem made Pinchas a Kayin. So, but the Gilgal didn't stop there. Now, girls, Pinchas was not Nadav and Avihu. He didn't look like them. He wasn't them. But he had a piece of their soul that needed to be fixed. Okay? But it still wasn't done. It still wasn't done. Because what they did of bringing a fire, when Hashem was supposed to send the fire, was still a Hashem. So, Pinchas' soul came back in Eliyahu Navi. Pinchas is Eliyahu. Was Elioh Navi Pinchas? Are they the same person? No. But Elioh Navi had what's called a Nitzitz, a, a DNA marker of, of, of Pinchas. How did Eliezer, how did Eliyahu fix it? And there was no more Gilgal after Eliyahu. How do we know there was no more Gilgal after Eliyahu? Because Eliyahu didn't die. He never died. He went after Shemaim alive. So that was it. No more fixing. He was done. Why was there no more fixing? Because what did Eliyahu, Eliyahu do? He, he took up his bayach and he put in, uh, 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 no, first he said to the Nevi'e Habal who were serving up by Zara, and he was him against them, and he said, okay, you guys are what we're going to do. You're going to make him his bayach, an altar. I'm going to make him his bayach. You're going to put a cow on top of his bayach, and, and I'm going to put a cow on top of my bayach, and I'm going to pour water all over the wood, all over the mizbeach, all over the, all over the animal, and you're going to call your guard to send the fire down, and I'm going to call my God to send the fire down. You go first. So what did they do? In the V.A.M. Baal, they took a person, a man, and they put him in the, it was a hollow mezbeach, they put him in the hollow mezbeach, and they said, when we scream, light the fire, you light it from underneath. 
and they're all going to think that they knew that Avoy Yisrael couldn't do it, that Avoy Yisrael did it, and then all the Jews are going to go off to Dara. They're already off to Dara. What did Hashem do? You can't mess with God. He sent a snake, went under the Mizbeach, bit the guy that was under the Mizbeach, killed him, and they're screaming, fire, fire, and nothing's happening because the guy's dead. And they're screaming, screaming, and Elio is making fun of them. Elio says, he's sleeping. Your God is sleeping. If you don't yell very loud, he won't hear you. So it says they yelled so loud that the blood was coming out of their eyes. But of course, nothing happened. So at the end of the day, when it was already late afternoon, Elio said, okay, everyone now come to my Mizbeach. And he poured water all over it. And he said, to, and he turned to Shemaim, and he davened to Shemaim, and he said, Hashem, make a kiddush Hashem. And a fire came out of heaven, and it burnt the mezbeach, the water, the animals, the wood, everything. So he fixed. Last time they brought, they waited. They didn't want to wait. They brought an Eshazara. They brought a strange fire. Here, he waited, so Hashem could send down the fire. Exactly fix what he did wrong. And once you fix what you do wrong... He, he, he didn't have, there was no more Gilgal. But was Eliyahu Pinchas? No. Was Pinchas Nadavavihu? No. So you are carrying, we're all carrying something that we need to fix from a different neshama. Or maybe our same neshama. But the person, it, there's one place he brings down that last, every Gilgal that you're back, you look the same. In other words, 500 years ago, everyone in this room, you were in this world, you looked exactly the same. Same face. But there's only one, one person that writes that, whatever it is. But Lemaisa, you, you're your own person. So in Tchias HaMesim, you're coming back with your husband. I mean, we should all see Mashiach, there shouldn't be any Mesim. But with your husband and your children, and the question is, how old will you be? How old are you going to be when you come back? Let's say a person died at 90 they're going to come back missing their teeth with white hair and, and dentures. And, or they're going to come back as 18. Or they're going to come back as 40. Or they're going to come back as 30. Good question, no? What age? What age are you coming back as? So we're, we're not going to get into this whole discussion because it's like a very deep discussion. But when, the, when, when Hashem brings Mashiach, there will be a, a son, the sun that, we, that, that was hidden. After Hashem created the world, there was a sun that nothing rotted, nothing got old, nothing aged. And Hashem saw that the Rishayim are going to have this, they're never going to die, and they're going to destroy the whole world. So he, hit, he took it and he hid it. 36, it was out for 36 hours. And that sun, when, when, when Mashiach comes, that sun's going to be taken out. So I don't think that there'll be an age. I don't, I, there's no aging, there's no rotting, there's no wrinkling, there's no whatever it is. But some, some write in this for him that you come back the age, like an older age. Whatever. Listen, he'll bring him and then we'll deal with it. I'm not worried about it. Just, just get him here ready. So, so, so that's, that's, that's Gilgal. So everyone is, everyone is back here for a reason, but it's you, but there'll never be another you. That's amazing and it's also very scary. Cause like, it's not, it's not like you don't have another chance. You, that's it. You come back, Mashiach comes, but you don't have another chance. The next neshama might have a piece of you and try to be masaking what you did, but there's only a couple of years left to the world, so the world 6,000 6, is done, no matter what happens, and we're, we're at seven, what, seven, um, 
79? 79. So what's left? 221 years. That's it. How many generations is that? If everyone lives 100 years, it's two, it's two generations. Two and a half generations, nothing. You have, you have a guy, someone gives birth to a child now, they live 100, then they have a child that lives 100, that's it. Two generations. So we're really close. So like, there's no more, that's what's brought down that we're suffering so much because it used to be to be Masaki and someone's Nishama. So you come back and then 400 years later you come back and then 500 years later you come back. So you don't have to get whacked with everything at one time. But now there's no time. So we got to be Masaki everything. So the world, Hashem had to speed up the world. Microwaves and the, the, whole, the, whole, the, whole, the whole world, the whole technology that Hashem brought into the world, is everything has to go very, 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 very fast. So yeah, you can finish Shas in seven years, learning a daf a day. It doesn't have to take 15, 20, 30 years. Everything's very, very fast. Somebody asked me, I don't understand, right? Once in your share, a girl asked me, by your share, Wednesday nights, there's 40 girls, 35 girls. What happened to night? I couldn't even get into the room. There were 250 girls there. Like, what happened? And your share is supposed to be at 9 o'clock. It starts at 9.30. But that was, that started at 12 o'clock. I said, it's very simple. My share right now, you know how many people are in this room? Probably about 5,000. Because it's on Torah anytime. And we get 5,000 hits. More than that, but whatever. 5,000, 10,000 hits a week. There's 10,000 people in this room. But they're sitting at home watching the share. Eating, stopping, going, you know, listening to some music, stopping, doing their homework, stopping, right, in the car, on the way home, whatever it is. A lot of women say to me, Thursday night I listen to when I'm cooking, thank you very much, I'm sure you're very focused, right? No one ever sent me kugel or chillant or anything that they're cooking, whatever it is. But, right, so, but to us night, there's no internet. And there's no Torah anytime. So you have to come to the shir. So, no one has to come to a shir anymore, it's... Even though you can watch all the same. It's not the same. For sure not the same. But we live in a very fast world. So there are people who are getting divorced and they have kids and then they get married and they have more kids and other kids. All those neshamas have to come to the world. So it's like, it's like really, really fast. Like, like, like I mean, I, there's so many divorces today. And, and like, people are come to me, they come to me and they're already divorced and the kid is, um, someone was in my house tonight, she's already divorced three times. And, and, and it's, it's, right, and, and she's like, she's like, I really never liked him. So I'm like, why'd you get married? She's like, I don't understand why I got married. Maybe because my, my, my daughter had to come into the world. Could be. Could be. Then the shamas have to come in. There's a, there's a lot of tikkunim. So the world is flying. Baruch Hashem, more kids than ever. And at the same time, Nebuch, more divorces and more, and more tragedies and whatever. So it's a whole, it's like a whole thing going on. We're in the middle of this, Whirlwind. We're living in the middle of this whirlwind, and we think it's like about eating pizza, you know, and reading a book, and getting a, going to college, and getting you know. I mean, you have, you have to you have to do what you have to do to get a job, whatever it is. But don't believe that. That's that. That's the. That's what life's about. Life's not about college. Life's not about a job. That's not what life's about. Yes, you have to go to work to make a living to to buy food so that you can and, and you can buy a house and a bed and you can go to sleep so you can rest so you can eat food and go to the bathroom so you can eat more food so that what? So you can go to work. So you, it's just like a mouse or like a hamster flying around. But if you have Torah in the middle and you have mitzvahs in the middle and you have tefillah in the middle and you're connected to Hashem, that's what it's all about. That's the chelik le'elam hab. So he's saying over here that your beauty in the next world is not your tzelem, it's not your form, 
it's it's your mice and tell It's it's what a person does, what a person does good in their life. That's how, that's how you create this form, and and yeah, there's um. You have to be masaking what you came for, hundred percent masaking what you came for. The thing that bothers you the most, the thing you struggle with the most. So anyway, I was telling you about Talmud Torah. So, 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 um, so I would be very hurt if I know someone's talking bad. Anyone in this room, if you knew someone's talking bad about you, it would hurt you, right? You'd be like, I need to take revenge. I'm not Michael. I'm never going to be Michael. I don't care, right? I have a girl in Lakewood that for the last three years, she a teacher really hurt her publicly in school and she feels very strongly that this teacher broke her shiduchim. Because when the teacher spoke about her, all those girls, what she said about her, they remember and they were talking about it so she's like, I don't get shiduchim and I will never ever be Michael her. But at the same time, it bothers her that she can't be Michael her. She's a really good girl. She's like, I can't be Michael her. I was I can't, but it's an Avera not to be Michael, but I can't be Michael. And I gave her all my speeches, and it didn't help. It's going on for three years. And then I bought Tomah Devorah in English. I said, okay, let's do this. You read the Tomah Devorah, then you call me. I have the text, if anyone wants to see it afterwards. She wrote me that, that I was, I am Michael her. And not only I'm Michael her, but I got my life back. So this Sefer, this is, I have the Hebrew Sefer here, but it's in English, and you can, you can get it. But let me tell you what I read, what's in the Talmud Devorah, which is a game changer. And whoever's listening, listen carefully. It's going to change your whole life. So the bottom line is we're all, we all do stuff that's not good. Maybe we're perfect here. But last time we weren't perfect because otherwise we wouldn't be here. We're sitting in Ghanada next to Gedalim and the Tzaddikim and Rachel Imeno and all the Tzaddikists. But we're not sitting next to them. We're here. So a person has to go through pain in their life. Could be you cracked your nail. Could be you broke your foot. Could be, God forbid, the worst disease. Could be a lot of things. There's a lot of pain in the world. Pain is in this world for tikkun, to fix, to fix things. So he says, very scary, he says, okay, so what's, so make a list of Yisurim, painful things. Number one, chatsham, someone loses a child. Forget about it. Number two, you lose all your money. Number three, God forbid someone gets cancer, a disease. You're in pain, you're sick, headaches, whatever it is. Disease, losing a child, losing your money. The other one was also a different one. I don't remember the fourth one. And the fifth one is being embarrassed in public. Very painful when someone says something bad about you and you know about it. It hurts. You're human, it hurts, right? A teacher embarrasses you in public, well, it hurts. So he says in the Toma Devorah, which one, if you had a choice, would you pick? Lose a child? God forbid. Lose all my money? Ugh. Get cancer? No way. Make fun of me every day for my rest of my life. Why? He says something very beautiful. He says, when someone's sick, right, it takes a, it's time. You're not just sick for a second and it's gone. And some sicknesses, right, do something to your body that you can't even fix. When someone loses a child, they lose their child. It's forever. Or a, a husband or a parent, it's forever that pain, right? And all those pain, it's forever. It doesn't, you know, it gets a little bit less, but it doesn't go away totally. So someone loses all their money and they're poor, they're poor every single day. It's for, it's, it could be for a very long time. But when someone embarrasses you, it's for a moment. That moment they embarrassed you, ooh. But after that, you can go have a pizza. You're not sick. You didn't lose anybody. You're embarrassed. He said, so every normal human being 
If Hashem gave me that choice, would say, embarrass me every day. Don't make me sick. Don't, I don't want to lose my children. I don't want to lose my husband. I don't want to lose my money. I'm going to be healthy. And my family's going to be healthy. We're going to have money. Everything's going to be great. But someone's going to get up and shul every day and say about me the most terrible things. What would you do? If you knew that someone would talk about you bad every day, you will never lose a child. You will never lose a husband. You will never lose your money. You will never be unhealthy. You'll be healthy the rest of your life. You would hug them and kiss them. Thank you so much for guaranteeing me that the worst thing that's going to happen in my life is that you embarrass me. You would thank them. You would pay them. No, no other pain in your life. She says, so if someone embarrasses you, thank them. Now, if you just say it like that, you'd be like, well, you're crazy. You think I'm a malach? But if you're thinking, you're embarrassing me. I'm not getting cancer. I'm not getting sick. I'm not losing a child. I'm, I'm not losing my shidduch. Because you embarrass me? Oh, I love you. Thank you. Can I shine your shoes, please? Please, tomorrow, can you do it worse? Because the minute they're finished, you walk out, okay, bye. I'm done. My life is good now. It's no ridiculous. It changed my life. Changed my life. It does not bother me at all. If I had the chutzpah, I would call that person and say, you're not doing a good job. It doesn't hurt anymore that much. You, you got you to you see some really bad stuff. You gotta make up some, like, juicy stuff. It's like, it's bouncing off. It's, it's not good. It's not a Yusurim anymore. If it doesn't hurt you, it's not, it's not Yusurim anymore. It's gotta hurt you a little bit. Otherwise, it's a waste, waste of, a, of an insult. That this is, this is Tomodvora. It's, it's every Perek is like, so I said to this girl, I said, first of all, she can't ruin your Shidduch. Nobody can ruin your Shidduch. Nobody can ruin your Shidduch. If you're supposed to get married, I said it, I said it, the, the night of Shuas. Tzipora was a guy. Her father was a priest. She lived, there was no Jews. She got Moshe Abbeinu. Rus was a Moavia. She got Boaz. And from her comes David Amela. Come on. Anyone who sees those stories, come on. You're worried about your shidduch and your resume? Your resume ain't that your father's a priest. I mean, I hope so, right? And that you're not Jewish and you live in some little town desert out in Wyoming that there's not one Jew to be found within 100,000 miles. And they got married. So, so don't think that someone can ruin your shidduch. You can ruin your shidduch. And nobody else can ruin your shidduch. Nobody can hurt you. Nobody in this world can hurt you unless Hashem signs off on it. If Hashem signs off on it, then, then say, okay, I'm in pain. You have to use it also. If you're, I used to have a very bad stomach and I used to throw up a lot. So, so you know, when your head's over the toilet and you're throwing up your guts, you could say two things. You could say, oh my God, I ate a bad pickle. I ate the bad fish. I don't know. I shouldn't have eaten that stuff. So then you don't get any forgiveness for your sins. Because you're telling Hashem, it's not coming from you. I ate a bad pickle. I ate the wrong food. I ate too fast. Right? But if you say, Hashem, I'm throwing up because I need, I have to have you serum. I did something, whatever. Maybe I didn't make a bracha. Maybe I didn't eat the, I don't know. Maybe I, did, I ate non-kosher. I don't know why. Maybe last time I was here. Whatever it is, I'm a kabel that every time I throw up, it should be forgiving for my sins. It forgives your sins. If you go to a store and you want to take out a quarter to pay for something and you take out a nickel, so now you're going to go back into your pocket, that's called your serum. So if you say, oh my gosh, I took out a nickel instead of a quarter, Hashem, this should count as Yisurim. It counts as Yisurim. But if you say, oh, I made a mistake. If suddenly, if you, 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 your quarter falls on the floor and you have to bend up to pick it up, I'm picking up this quarter and it's not so easy to bend now, at least at my age. This should forgive me 
for something that I did, it forgives you. But if you just pick it up and you don't use it, you don't use it to forgive you, you're not forgiven. So you don't waste your yasurim. If you have to go through pain, at least it should be Michael Yavinus. It should be Michael your sins. But anyway, this is so this is what he says. So he says that that a person what you do in this world, we're gonna talk about this a little bit. We start off with that we're learning this. He says the following. What does that mean? That Hashem sees everything. We know that Hashem sees everything. And you cannot live one second without God putting life. It's not like Hashem created the world and He left. He has to put life into everything all the time. So he's always putting his neshama, he's always putting life into all the, all the time. It's, it's not possible that a person sins and you know that Hashem is giving you everything. So it's like a ruach shtos. It's like, it's like you're not thinking. If, 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 and that's why it's called it. Person doesn't sin unless there's a ruach shtus in his head. You weren't thinking because if you were thinking, you would never bite the hand that feeds you, so to say. Okay. is patient. He doesn't take revenge right away because a person has a koyach to do tshuva, which we're going to talk about tonight. Okay. So this leads me about the next world and what, what you do in this world is, is creates the next world to an unbelievable story that I heard a long time ago. I never said it here. I never said it in Ornava. I don't think so. Maybe maybe 15 years ago, but I don't think I said it here. I said it in my boy's shit 20 years ago. It's a fantastic marshal. I love this marshal. So the king has this person that he loves very much. And he calls him in and he says, I want to reward you for our relationship. For everything you do. He says, okay. He says, I'm going to give you a million dollars and I want you to build me a palace. Okay? So, the guy's thinking to himself, I could build a palace for a million dollars. Amazing. Or, I can make it look amazing. Right? There are houses... You can buy for $500,000. They look like palaces, but they're made so cheap, right? I have a house in, in, in Woodridge, in Regency, right? It's a house. It's got a lot of bedrooms, but it's a mountain house. So it's on stilts. It doesn't have a big foundation. The, the, the walls are this thick, not like a Brooklyn house, right? It, it's, it's a house to, be, to live in the mountains. So it's a, it's, it's a $300,000 house, not a, not a million-dollar house, not an $800,000 house. Built very cheap because you're there for two months. So it's not built very strong, right? So this guy's thinking to himself, no ridiculous story. This guy's thinking to himself, listen, he loves me, right? He loves me. So he's giving me a million dollars. You think he wants me to build a house for a million dollars? He probably wants me to make money on it. So he builds this house for $250,000. And it looks amazing, but the walls are hollow. The floors are cheap. Everything, he used the cheapest material 
that you could live, that you could have. And he builds this thing, and it just it looks amazing, but it's not going to last very long at all. It's going to be cold in the in the winter because it has no insulation. It's going to be hot in the summer, but you don't see the insulation in these walls, so it looks great. And the king's going to be like very happy. I built this right, but he only spent two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and it really should have cost a million dollars. So he comes back to the king, and he has the keys, and he says to the king, I built you, the, I built you this house, here are the keys. And the king looks at him, because you don't know what's coming, and the king looks at him and says, great, so now I want to give you my present to you. The house is yours. But any money that's left over, I want back. And the guy's like, what an idiot I am! I got to give him back seven fifty, and I have a piece of garbage. If I would have taken the million dollars, I'd have a palace. Instead, I got to give the king back the money, and now I have to live in this house that's not going to last at all. And he couldn't say anything to the king, right? Because then he's going to look really bad. I think it's a Dugma Magid Marshal, and he says the following. He says... It's so beautiful. Then the Shama comes to this world and the king says, I want to give you a present. Here's your body. Here's life. Build a palace. And you're like, Hashem must, if he gave me life, he must want me to have a good time. So I'm going to get my iPhone, get my movies, get my great food, get my music, get my expensive clothing, Right, I'm going to get all this, but for the neshama, that's it's nothing. It's garbage. It has no. This, and this is what he's saying in the beginning of the Toma Devora. It has no real nothing. Your meisim toivim are the bricks. You don't have you don't have meisim toivim. You're partying, right? You figure I'm going to have a good time. Must be what Hashem sent me to this world for to eat steak and pizza and falafels and have a nice clothing and have good music and. And all the other stuff that a person wants to have in this world, and money, and a fancy car, and all this other stuff, must be why he sent me there. So you build a cheap house. Your neshama has the house in Shemayim that you're building, right? It's cheap. Because he says, whatever you do here, that's how you build there. So it's cheap. So now, the person dies after 120 years. Your neshama comes to the next world. And the king says, so, whatever you built in that other world, that's what you're going to live in in this world. And it's a dump. It's a dump! Because you didn't build with good expense. You didn't use the million dollars. You didn't use the 90, 100 years of your life to build. That's what the mission says. Everyone's building a house in the other world. But it depends on what you do in this world, what that house in the other world looks like. You have a chalik. But what that chalik is, says the Torah Devorah, is what you do here. So you come to Shemayim, and they're like, okay, so my present to you is, what you did, I gave you life, what did you build? That's where you're going to live in the next world. And you're like, uh-oh, I made a big mistake. I thought, I'll build cheap and uh, I'll do well, and I have nothing to worry about. Okay. So that's going to bring me to the other story. I wanted to, to do something else tonight, but okay, we're not going to do something else tonight. It's not the first time that happened.
um, a story of the Chavetz Chaim that really, some of you might have heard this in school, but it's also a very, very important story, and, and I'm connecting it to Shavuos, because, so, so it was a big crowd in, in uh, Shavuos night in Rabbi Weinfeld's, and there were a lot of Flatbush people that saw girls coming and going, and they were like, well, what, what was that all about? And then, of course, I have to explain, why are girls learning on a Shavuos night? Because why do girls have to learn on a Shavuos night? So I said, just like we, we had this whole shear about building roads and that, and that I had a boy tonight that was five years in rehab. Five years. He's just turning 19. He started 14. He started drinking and drugging. And he's... He's in the he's in Utah for five years, from one rehab to the next rehab, behavioral rehabs, drug whatever it is. And he sat in my house before I came to the shift tonight. And he's such a shayfula, he's such a sweet kid, but whatever. He has a very very rough life, and he just relapsed terribly, terribly. He's doing drugs and and he got thrown out of his house and he's on the street. He slept. Listen to, you wonder how bad it could get? He went to the park to sleep. They threw him out of the house. I said, so you slept on a park bench? He goes, no. I slept on the sewer. I said, why'd you sleep on the sewer? He says, because you wouldn't know this, Rabbi, but hot air comes out of the sewer. And it was cold last night. So I figured if I sleep on the grail, on the metal grail of the sewer, it'll keep me warm. Okay? You understand where you can end up? And he's the sweetest kid in the world. The sweetest kid in the world, just, just tough life, very tough life. So, so he relapsed. Five years. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. Why? Because of the thing I told you about the road. And once you do drugs or drink or, any, or watch things that you're not supposed to, there's a road in your psyche, we've spoken about this many times, that you created. Now you're at Sadekistan, you want to do tshuva, and you go to rehab, or whatever it is, you decide, whether you're at Sadekistan, so you close the road. You take those orange things from Con Edison, and you put them across the road, and if you're really good, you put those wooden boards across the road. Road closed. I'm going to be at Sadekistan. The problem with that, and why there's 90% relapse, is that that was great when you decided to come at Sadekistan, but now your husband walked out, and your kids are making trouble, and you, there's no money, and whatever it is, and you remember that when you were a girl, you watched this filth. And when you watched this filth, you didn't really feel any pain. Or you drank. You used to go downstairs and take your father's vodka. And when you took your vodka into the room and no one knew about it, right? So you didn't feel that pain. So you're like, you know what it feels like. So that road is there, but it's closed. So you're like, I'm just going to go down. I just, just one drink. Tomorrow I'll be fine. And you, that's a relapse. And you move those, those cones away. And you go down that road and you take the drink, you watch the point, whatever you're going to do that made you feel good as, as before, and now you're back, into, you relapse, and now you just keep going back down that road. But if you never drank, you're not going to start drinking because you don't know that it's going to make you feel better. So if you never did any of the, the things you never did, there's no road in your psyche. So I'm always the guy who screams, don't smoke one cigarette to kids. Don't, don't smoke one weed when your friends are offering it to you because once you know what that feels like, that there's a road. You can't, you can't, there's nothing you can do about it. There's a road. Once you watch something that your eyes shouldn't see, that's there. You can't take it out. The less you watch it, the longer you don't watch it, the more it gets pushed back into your brain. But it's there, right? Okay. But on the other hand, this is what I just told somebody. I said, 
girl who came to a shear at 12 o'clock at night and sat and learned till 3 o'clock in the morning created a good road. And even, and she'll remember for the rest of her life, Shavuot night I went, it was, it was exciting, it was good, it was interesting, it was different, whatever, whatever you got from it. But everybody walked out with chizik, right? So even if chas v'shalom, and it shouldn't happen, some of those girls that came start to slide. And they close the road of sneers and learning and getting close to Hashem. But later on in life, when they're in struggling, they remember, wow, you know, I felt so good after that shear. I felt, maybe I should learn. Maybe I should listen to another shear. So the, just the same way that a bad road that you close, you're going to open, probably. A good road that you close, you're going to open. So I said, you can't take away that the girls learned for three hours for this night. That's a road that's there. I don't know how they felt. They walked out, looked, right? But whatever, so when someone puts on tillin, right, one time, even puts on tillin one time, so they, 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 there's just somebody that was by today, he got 3,000 boys to put on tillin. Paid crazy money. There's 3,000 boys that don't wear tillin are putting on tillin. Right? He paid them for it. But, okay, I said, so what's going to happen when they stop paying? He says, they're going to stop putting on tillin. But they have a road, tillin. They didn't have that road. So, so it's very important that that you do good things, even if you do them once, that you create that good road, like, like you were Michael someone that really hurt you. So you created a road of Mechila. So, so even though, like, I'm not, I'm not forgiving anyone anymore, I've had it, right? And you close that road, but maybe one day that road's there, you'll, you'll go back down that road and say, you know what? I feel bad, I want to be Michael then. So we need to create these good roads by doing things sometimes that are good that we don't want to do, and then we have the same problem. Even if we close them, we might be able to open them. So it works, it works both sides. So anyway, a very famous story um, from the Chabot Chaim. Probably the first marshal I ever heard in my life. So some of you might have heard this, some of you are not. So there was this guy, and he was very, 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 very poor. And every day he would go collecting money, and he would buy just enough food for his family. One day, he raised no money. Nobody gave him any money. And he was scared to come home because his kids were starving, his wife was starving, and it's embarrassing for the father to come home with nothing. So he decided he's committing suicide. So he goes to the ocean, they lived on the ocean, he goes to the ocean, and he's about to jump into the water, and there's a sailor there. And the sailor says, what are you doing? In the middle of the night, what are you doing by the water? He says, I have no food, I have nothing, I can't go home, I'm jumping, I'm done, I'm, done. I'm jumping into the water. He says, that's why you're jumping into the water. Listen, tomorrow morning, we're sailing on this boat, to a, an island. And on that island, the roads are full of diamonds. Don't kill yourself. Come with us. He says, I don't, you think I'm going to believe that story? What do you, you think I'm hallucinating? There's no such place in the world that the road is covered with diamonds. He says, what do you have to lose? So then jump in the river, we'll go, and if there's no diamonds, you'll jump in the ocean there. What are you losing? You'll be on the, at least you'll have what to eat for the next three days till we get there. Okay? So, he goes on this boat. He's like, ah, this is baloney. The boat lands at the island. They get off the island. The streets are diamonds. He's, this is crazy. He looks at it. They're diamonds. He fills up his pockets. He puts them in his mouth. His, under his yarmulke. His shoes. Wherever he can put a diamond. Big diamonds. Okay? He says to the sailor, so when are we going back? So no, we only travel once a year. So you need to stay here for the next year. Exactly a year, we're going to go back. Okay. He says, okay, where am I going to live? I'll go to a hotel. He goes to the fanciest hotel on the island, walks in, and they're like, he signs up, I want the penthouse, I want the best room, 
I want waiter service, I want room service. And they're like, how are you going to pay? You gotta, we, we, we've been had before. You've got to pay up front. How long do you want to stay? He goes, a year. That's uh, $80,000. He says, well, $80,000. Are you kidding me? He takes out a dime and he says, you know what this is worth? This is worth millions. Keep the change. This is for you. He looks at him and says, well, you on drugs? Something wrong with you? He says, what do you mean? He says, that's not worth anything. What do you mean that's not worth anything? It's a diamond. He says, I know, but we have millions of them. Why is a diamond worth something? Because there are very few in the world. This is worthless. We're not taking you. So he says, what's worth a lot of money here? He said, one time from the mainland, someone brought herring. We never got it again. And if you know how to make herring, you become a billionaire. He happened to know how to make herring. He said, really? He said, yeah, opens up a store, a herring store. Schmaltz herring, Machis herring, white sauce herring. He's the talk of the island. They're online from Sunday to Erev Shabbos. It's not normal. He could charge with everyone. He is racking in money like nobody's business. Okay, it's a week before. It's Chavetz writes the story. The week before they leave, he says to himself, okay, what's worth a lot of money? Herring. He already sent messages, I don't know how, telegraph, whatever, to the town, to his wife, that, that I'm sorry that I'm away, but I'm a billionaire, I'm coming back, and we're going to live happily ever after. So, he's so used to being there, that he's like, what's worth, not pebbles, he's going to bring home barrels and barrels of herring. So, he packages up all the herring that he has left, puts it in barrels, gets it on the boat, gets on the boat, and they're going home. They're all waiting now. Everyone's his friend because everyone heard he's a billionaire. So they're on this boat, and it's hot. And you can imagine the herring is like not in a good shape, whatever it is. And he comes to the shore, and they have a parade, right? Now he's a billionaire. And he comes down, and his wife's like hugging him and kissing him. He's a billionaire, right? Everybody loves him, right? And she's like, so I heard that you're, we have a lot of money. Where is it? He goes, no problem. Roll the barrels down. They roll the barrels down. And everyone's thinking, open the barrel, there's going to be diamonds. But there's no diamonds. They open the barrel, it's a stinking, rotten herring. And he realizes what he did. That he threw away billions of dollars and came with rotten herring. And he stinked straight out. Straight out, he lost everything. And they carry him into the house, and they're pouring water on him, trying to wake him up. And he finally wakes up, and she says, what did you do? And he tells her, I got so used to where I was that herring was where I, 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 I forgot. And she says, you're not going to believe it. She says, what? She said, I found in your jacket, when you took your jacket off, when you fainted, you had a hole, and there were uh, diamonds fell through the hole when you must have, when you first got there, and we found three diamonds in your pocket, and we never have to work again. There's enough money to support us forever. That's the story. Chavetz Chaim says the story. What's the story? Exactly what the Torah Devar was saying. Your neshama comes to this world, and your neshama is told 
Why do we come here? Don't, not, don't go to Gehenna, whatever it is. When we come to this world, mitzvahs and snuah and every mitzvah is worth a billion trillion. And right? So you come to this world and you go to yeshiva and you learn about sneers and you learn about making brachas and you learn about davening. You learn all about this stuff. And like, wow, Hashem is everywhere. And kids come home, sukkah, they built little sukkahs. And, and my kids all came home. Uh, my little grandchildren, they came to me for shvuas. And they built these little harsinais, these paper bowls and plants growing out of them. And little cows outside, whatever. And look, Zaydi, harsinai, you're all excited about harsinai. We're not excited about harsinai. The kids are excited about harsinai, right? And then you get used to the world. And you start to throw away the diamonds because you can't buy a dress. You can't walk into Bloomingdale and say, I want a dress. How are you paying? Um, I did give it of aim today. Have a nice life. What do you do? You're, you're on drugs? Like, what's wrong with you? Right? And I want to buy some food. I want to buy something nice. I want to buy a car. What did you do today? Ah, I, my skirts, I, I'm really, it's new. And I, I didn't talk Russian horror. And I'm like, and they're like, bye. Can't, you can't buy anything with mitzvahs in this world. So you get used to it. And you start to throw away the diamonds. And you start to get busy with the, with the herring. And then after 120 years... They hear that you're very rich because you have two Rolls Royces, five houses, one in Rechavia in Israel, one in the Hamptons, one, right? And the Malachim heard, Miriam? Miriam just passed away. She's coming up to the next world. Oh my gosh, she has more shoes, Lobatons and Red Bottoms and Jimmy Choo's and all the other ones and a million shoes and dresses and 15 shaitles, human hair, 10,000 e- It's not normal! They're all excited. Miriam's coming. And the neshama comes up. And they're like, what you got in those barrels? And you're like, Lobotas. I got a beautiful car and a nice dress and great food. And, and they're like, in the next world, that stinks. Money stinks. Covered stinks. All that stuff, all physical stuff stinks. And the malachim are like... You're lucky if the neshama, by accident, has a couple of diamonds that fell through while they were in this world. Thomas Devorah says, don't let that happen. What you are in the next world is your, is your actions in this world. Everyone has a house up there, but what kind of house did you build? One that's going to fall apart or one that's really a palace? That's up to us. Gilgal, no Gilgal, you're here, you're there, it doesn't make a difference. That's up to us. We build, we build this world, not for this world. You're right, you can't cash kibbutz of aim. You can't go to a store and say, I was, I, somebody yelled at me today and I didn't answer them back, so can I get a fur coat? No, you're not getting anything. But in the next world, that's what builds what you are. And it happens to be, I don't understand what the word means, but everyone in the next world has a lavush. You're wearing something. And by what you're wearing, you can tell what the person, what they did in this world. It's a talisman by women, whatever. I don't know what, the, what it means. It's a lavush. It's a spiritual clothing. And that spiritual clothing, you weave, you make in this world. So we will all see Tchias HaMesim, and then we'll have the answers on how old they all look. The um, right. Thank you. And to really thank you. Big chizik. It was a big chizik Shuas night. For Ornava, for all four Abayim. It's a very big chizik for all of us. So we, we do appreciate everyone that came. And uh, next week we're going to start the... Um
Oh, also very important. One second. Did you shut the you shut the video? Okay, good. So it's rolling. So this is very important. We need five girls. We need to hire five girls. Um, we're doing our, the Kibbutz of Aim book is finished, Baruch Hashem, and it's coming out. It's coming out in Elul, and we need to start doing the dedications for every page. So that's what we had in, in the other. So we need five girls, one girl to work full time on this project in our office, and another four girls to work part time. So whoever is interested in this job, um, will please call Ornava's office seven one eight. O-H-R-N-A-A-V and ask for Pam and the first five girls that, that, that are really willing to do this. So one is full-time. The other ones you got to figure, you got you can call, start calling people, let's say, from 6 to 9.30. So it'll be like three and a half hours a night until we do the whole book. It usually takes a month, at least a month. And then there's other work. So whoever wants to work on the, of course you want to volunteer and do it for free, hey. But um, if you want to get paid, we'll pay you. Um, so we, it's it's a big mitzvah. We want to get this Kibbutz of Aim book out, and that's how we raise money. And anyone who's interested in anyone who's interested in um, sponsoring a day, and it could be a birthday, a memory, whatever it is, we chart we chart. Last time we used to charge three sixty. Now we're at five hundred. Everything is costing us more. It's five hundred to dedicate the book, but you have it for life. Your dedication will be there. So we have three hundred sixty days to dedicate. So whoever's interested. Let us know. All right? Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.